0: episode the B&D Podcast, episode 38, we're going to call this episode Connect 4. You know why we're calling it Connect 4? Because our Washington football team just won their fourth game in a row. That's right, they won their fourth game in a row, coming after a four-game losing streak. So who would have thought we'd come, we'll be here 6-6 six six after week 13. Um, a lot of people thought we will be at 500, but I don't know if they thought it'd be following a, a, with a four-game win streak following a four-game losing streak. So as I just mentioned, the Washington football team just came off a defeat against the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders, excuse me, where they won the game 17 to 15. That was the exact same score that they beat the Seattle Seahawks by on Monday night just this past week. So the same score for two weeks in a row and a random score at that. You don't see too many 17 to 15 games. So we're here giving you a recap as we do for every Washington football team. Every Washington football team game, but it seems like we're just doing it for every Washington football team win lately. Because all we do is win. It seemed like DJ Khaled in 2009. So let me go ahead and give you a recap because I love the fight from this team. I love the fight from this team. I don't foresee this being too long of an episode because there weren't much fireworks throughout the game. Um, This was a a slugfest. This was a slugfest. This was a grinded out game where... Two teams, you know, it was a physical game, you know, a lot of running the ball, a lot of downhill running and things like that, and Washington pulled it out. This team is showing that they can beat you any which way. They can beat you slugging it out like they did today, or they can beat you in a shootout like they were doing earlier in the season. So this team, um, even though they've found their identity as more of a run-first football team, they're finding ways to win any which way, as I said, and I am ecstatic. So like I said, we're going to call this episode Connect Four, and to give you a time step as we do for all of our episodes it's about 12 30 a.m i tech i guess it's technically monday morning but we're gonna call this sunday night the same night that the washington football team defeated the las vegas raiders yes we're up late we're up late Pushing out this content to you guys because you know what? We want bleeding BNG to be your number one source for the Washington football team. So let me go ahead and recap this game. Uh, an exciting game. An exciting game. So as I mentioned, right now we're at six play uh, the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. So we have some room to spare. And right now we control our own destiny. We control our own destiny. We're six and six with our last five games being all divisional games. So if we if we come out on the winning side with a winning record out of these five games i think that the playoffs are well within reach guys and i am so excited i am so excited we have meaning meaningful football in december for the second year in a row that's not something i'm used to as a washington football fan being 26 you know i'm not really used to consent consecutive successful seasons and things like that so hey shout out to ron pulling out monkey out pulling a rabbit out his head excuse me but let me go ahead and get into this recap So, as you know, we start with the offense and we start with the quarterback for every episode. So, Taylor Heineke, he was 23 for 30 for 196 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. That stat line sounds eerily similar to a 2018 Alex Smith performance. And guess what? I'll take it. I'll take it like I've told you guys before I don't necessarily think that Taylor's our franchise quarterback but the dude is balling and the dude is gaming Um the one difference between him and Alex's game is that he's more of a risk-taker than Alex you know these stat lines may seem similar and things like that um, specifically for this game but Taylor had a lot a lot a lot of near interceptions today and then the one interception that was actually caught by Oakland, Um, the one interception that he actually had, I don't necessarily think that that was his fault because Cornelius Lucas was getting abused by... Uh, Max Crosby all game. It was an amazing defensive end. You know, the guys on the other side they get paid too. So you know Max Crosby was he was a he was a win going into the game against Cornelius Lucas. So I mean I wasn't I wasn't shocked too much by that. But the fact that Taylor came back and had a game-winning fourth quarter drive after throwing an interception like that late in the game, in the game that you were in control of most of I'm glad that he didn't get rattled. I'm glad that he showed the poise and I'm glad that he showed the composure that he did. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm loving Taylor I'm loving what Taylor has shown over these last four weeks. I'm loving his development and I'm loving his progression. I'm loving everything that I've seen from Taylor. Like I told you guys earlier in the season, um, I think that Taylor is a guy that you can't win with. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to win you games, but he's not necessarily going to lose you those games either. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Taylor Heineke in these games and things like that. And he's not throwing you out of games, something that we saw earlier in the year against the Bills and things like that. You know, he's not throwing these costly well the, today was a cost the interception, but I told you it wasn't his fault. He was high on some throws. Like I told you guys earlier in the season, when Taylor misses, it's almost like he always misses high. And it's shades of, you know, Dwayne Haskins in 2019. By no means am I comparing them guys, those two guys because Taylor Heineke is a far... Superior football player and quarterback um, to Dwayne Haskins But it just seems like when both those guys miss it's always high Taylor had so many near interceptions today And it seems to be a trend Taylor Heineke must lead the league in almost Interceptions. Like he has to lead the league in almost interceptions. And you know, it's a little bit of luck with our side, you know? Hey, it comes with being a gamer and things like that. You know, you gotta have a little bit of luck on your side, and it seems like Taylor does. I believe there were about three or four dropped interceptions today. Trayvon Moreig, the safety for the Las Vegas Raiders, he dropped the interception on our game when it drive that would have sealed the deal, possibly for a pick six. Like it, it, it was crazy. But guess what? We won the game. Guess what? We won the game. Guys, I, I can live with only seven completions. I can live with it. I can live with two touchdowns. I can live with it. And I'm, I'm loving what Taylor Heineke said. I don't know if you guys saw my group chat pod episode, my episode 37 on the Bleeding B&G podcast. If you haven't, go check that out because I was with my boys rambling about Washington, Rio Robinson. That's my boy. The Taylor Todd podcast, the official fan-sided podcast for the Washington football team. And my guy, Alex Lucas, and I was actually talking about the plan that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing for the Washington football team regarding the quarterback position with the way that Taylor's playing right now. I I, I don't mind, you know. He's on, the, he's on the books for next season. Like, he he has a contract. He has a contract to be a Washington football team player in 2022. I don't, I, with the way that he's playing right now, I wouldn't mind him starting off the season in 2022 as a potential stopgap, and you drafting a, a potential franchise quarterback who may not be ready, whether that be a guy like Malik Willis, maybe that guy may, may be a guy like Kenny Pickett, whether that guy may be a guy like Carson Strong. That's the scenario that I'm leaning towards now, and, and, and I'm feeling more secure in it, especially if Taylor ends up leading you into a playoff berth. Like, I don't see how you can't give him a job. Um, and, and have it as his job to lose in the 2022 season. Because like I said, while I don't think that he's a franchise quarterback, he's he's the perfect guy to groom, who, who, a guy that we may think is a franchise quarterback, like a guy like Malik Willis, who may, who may be possible to get later in the first round with him slipping over the course of the last couple of weeks. With his physical traits and things like that, sitting behind a guy like Taylor who's been in this offense for five to six years, Couldn't be nothing but positive. Couldn't be nothing but positive vibes all around. So going on to the run game, Antonio Gibson is becoming a workhorse right before our eyes. And he is in full breakout mode. He is in full breakout mode. After over 150 yards against the Seattle Seahawks, he had over 120 all-purpose yards today. And he had 28 touches, coming off 36 touches against the Seattle Seahawks. Antonio Gibson is becoming our workhorse. Antonio Gibson is becoming our workhorse, and I think a lot of it is because he's finally getting healthy. I told you guys in training camp that Antonio Gibson just seemed hobbled and he didn't seem to be giving it all 100% in every rep. And I don't think that was necessarily an effort issue. I just didn't think he was fully healthy. And you saw earlier in the season, you saw he was running in the guys' backs. You saw he he was tripping over guys. You saw he was falling and letting little 185 cornerbacks tackle him in the open field and things like that. But the Antonio Gibson that I've seen in the last month, straight beast. Straight beast. The the beast that I saw him become in the second half of the season before his injury last year. He had a run today um early in the in early in the um game. I believe it was in the first quarter. And it wasn't nothing, a major run. I think it was about a eleven to twelve yard game when he pushed it, it was a stretch play to the left side. Charles Leno made a fantastic run block getting out of space. Shout out to Charles Leno. He's been fantastic for us this season. He's been fantastic for us this season. I don't know if him or DeAndre Carter is our best offseason pickup. I say that almost every week. But them guys seeing the ball out every week. I'm loving what I'm seeing. But uh, it, was a, it was a run play. It was a stretch by Charles Leno. Charles Leno did great coming out in space. Antonio Gibson had to be patient and wait for Big Boy to come out in space. But he pushed his track. He was patient. And then he burst through the line. Oh, my God. I love what I saw from him. While the yards per carry wasn't too crazy, I think that's about a 3.6 yard per carry, 23 carries for 88 yards. Hey, he was downhill running all game. He was opening up the play action and things like that. He was a threat. He was a threat throughout the entire game. And then you're going to sprinkle on five receptions with 23 yards and then a touchdown catch showing some of his receiver background because that wasn't an easy catch for a running back. Over the shoulder from a sidearm ball ball from Taylor Heineke running out in the flare, it wasn't an easy catch by any means. And he was showing some of that wide receiver background. Over 120 purpose yards. Antonio Gibson is in full on breakout mode, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Wake up because the time has come. We we might have found our running back for the future. We might have found our running back for the next three to four years because, you know, running back shelf fights aren't that long. But we might have found our our, 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 our go-to guy, our our top five fantasy pick next year type guy. We might have found him. We might have found him. And it was looking like that way towards the second half of last year before the turf toe. And, you know, it's, it's, he hey, started out a little slow. Started out a little slow this season. Like I told you, I think a lot of it was doing with injuries. He had the turf toe. He had shin. A lot of lower body injuries for a running back as well. But he's holding on to the football, and he's becoming a work horse. But going to the run game, I was kind of shocked to see that Wendell Smallwood just called being called up from the practice squad this week. Got more snaps than my guy, Jared Patterson. And, you know, that's my guy. You know, that's family. Shout out to Jared Patterson. If you guys haven't checked out our Bleeding BNG exclusive interview with Jared Patterson. But I, that was kind of concerning to me. Because why? Every time that Jared Patterson has come in, he's giving you and a, a got an opportunity, he's shot. He's shot. Um, I know last week he, you sent him in for one play on the third and one and expect him to get one yard while he's cold. I don't know if that's why. I don't know if he's in the doghouse. I need to figure out what's going on with that because that's one of the few things that I didn't like from this game because I love Patterson. He has some juice, and I still think that he's the most natural runner in the room. Antonio Gibson is making a lot of progress, and he's closing that gap on Jared very fast and very, very, very close and very swiftly. But I still think that right now that Jared Patterson's the most natural running back in the room. And I still think that you can find ways to get him the ball two, three, four, five times a game. And he'll produce like he's been doing. Like he's been doing every time he's got the ball. We did severely miss my boy. You know, I'm the president of his fan club. We severely missed my guy, J.D. McKissick, who was out with a concussion injury. Uh, that nasty hit that he suffered against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but they were talking about he was walking through the locker room this week and good spirits and things like that. And I wasn't necessarily surprised to see that he did set out of today's game. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't think that he'll. Be, I don't think that he'll be out for an extended amount of time. And I think that he could very well be back next week for Dallas. Oh my God jd mckissie was severely missed in his game though scott turner couldn't get the screen game going even though he tried and tried and tried scott i love scott y'all know i'm one of the biggest advocates the biggest homers for scott i've been fighting out a lot of fans in the washington football team community for scott turner like 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 that's my guy like i know him personally but my god the screen was not working today scott the screen was not working today. You got to get away from it. I know we use it as extensions from the run game, but we can't do it when we're getting negative yards on screen plays and things like that. We can't. We can't do it when we're when we're not being efficient with our screens. And it seems like we got we got one or two screens every series like I said, this is a victory Sunday, going into a victory Monday. So I'm not going to complain too much. Not going to complain too much. But we that's something we need to look at going into um, our next game. So going into the passing game, going into some receiving threats in our receivers. Logan Thomas, three receptions, 48 yards, one, touch, one touchdown on one of the sickest catches you're going to see. It looked like he dunked the basketball. Logan is huge. I think we forget that Logan is huge because we still think, oh, quarterback, background. Oh, he's not that great of a player. All oh, He just broke out last year, but Logan is huge and it looked like he was dunking the ball on that one-handed catch Taylor just lofted it in the air wasn't Taylor's best though, because Logan was wide open You could have put it on him, but Logan made Taylor look good Logan made Taylor look good and when I saw that play all I could think about was da na na da na put sports in the top 10 by far, by far But with the game and Logan Thomas doesn't come all good news Um, A couple of hours ago, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport actually mentioned that Logan actually tore his ACL on that low, dirty hit by Yannick Ngakwe. Low, dirty hit by Yannick Ngakwe, who is from the DMV. Like, bro, what's up with you? Like, what's up with you? Like, what is up with you, Yannick Ngakwe? Like, let's talk about it. Are you mad that you can't become a Washington football team member? Because that was a, a dirty hit that I hope you get fat for. And I usually don't say that because I want guys to keep every penny in their pocket. But I hope we hit him over the head. I hope we hit him over the head. Don't let me catch Yannick and Gakwe in the DMV. Please don't. Please don't because that was a nasty hit. You're going against a tight end and you're taking out his legs. Be a man, bro. Be a man, bro. He saw that 6'6", 260-pound Logan Thomas frame and he chickened out. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. And I'm over here praising y'all to get before the game. Oh, he's the best pass rusher to come out this hat of the DMV. You know, mainly trolling Chase Young. You know, how we, how we do over at bleeding and Because we hold everybody accountable over here. And then you go ahead and do some dirty stuff like that. Like, bro, what is up with you? What is up with you? All praise to Logan, man. Because that sucks. It was a ACL, a full ACL tear, and they suspect some like, MCL damage as well. So that's that we say hey, that's almost guaranteed to be lingering on into next season. I'm glad he got paid before this season, um, and and yeah, I, it's just a lot that comes with this Logan Thomas injury because you can tell that Scott Turner is more comfortable as a play caller when Logan Thomas is in the offense. Functions well, the third down conversions, the red zone rate is better, um, exponentially better with Logan in there. Uh, and Logan has just become a player, man. He's, he's smart. He finds a way to sit in zones. If you guys haven't noticed and, and and you see it really, if you watch all 22 NFL game pass and things like that, the Washington football team has Logan Thomas run a bunch of option routes. A bunch of option routes, and that's hard to cover. Where you know the route runner can actually dictate what route he's running. And the reason I believe they have him do that is because he's so smart with that quarterback background. He knows how to sit in the zone. He can read coverages instantaneously. He knows when to sit in the zone and and drop down, drop his butt, make a catch, box out defenders and things like that. So that's something that we're going to severely miss in our offense. And like I said, all prayers out to to Logan Thomas. I'm trying to get monetized on YouTube, so I'm not going to drop any cuss words. But every curse word in the book goes to you, Yannick and and you better not let me catch you in the DMV, my boy. John Bates, John Bates, John Bates. Hey, I just mentioned Antonio Gibson being in full breakout mode. John Bates is in baby breakout mode. John Bates is in baby breakout mode. Three receptions for 42 yards, and he he's the best, he, he's one of the best run blockers on the team. Offensive of lineman, tight end, whoever you want to call it. I love John Bates in the run game. Like I mentioned before, there's not a coincidence that we became, we found our identity, we became a running fo- football team, and we became effective and efficient running the ball once John Bates was implemented into the lineup. He's a dog. He has real juice and real skill as a blocker. He moves guys in the run game. And he's showing real hands as a, as a pass catcher. He did have one bad drop today. But I'm loving what I'm seeing from John Bates. I'm loving his off, him, and, him and Taylor Heineke seem to have really good rapport on the off-script play. Go back to the fourth down conversion in Carolina. He had a similar conversion on third down today on, one, on the biggest drive of the game. Like I'm loving what I'm seeing from John Bates. That's a steal of a dra- of, of, of a draft pick in the fifth round, and I, and and I, I'm I, I I expect him to be a uh a, 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 a impact contributor over the course of the next six games, especially with Logan Thomas coming out of the, uh, being out for the season. Adam Humphreys four receptions, 38 yards. Is it me or is it like almost all of Adam Humphreys' catches coming to clutch time? Adam Hefries can't have more than 35 catches on a year. And I believe I guarantee you 32 of those have come with less than five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. This guy is so clutch. And it's like, it's like he it's, like, it's like, ah, I'm just gonna go to sleep for the first three quarters, wake me up when it's my time. Wake me up when it's my time. But this is the epitome of a guy that knows his role. He's the oldest guy in the room. And, and, you know, he was bought in initially because he had that relationship with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a lot of influence in bringing a guy like Adam Humphries in. But he's better than rapport with Taylor Heineke, especially in the two-minute drill, especially when we go hurry up and things like that. He's giving you clutch-efficient receptions. Clutch official receptions, and there's nothing more that you can ask from another four, a number four receiver. I'm like, 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 I'm so ecstatic. Like I told you, we can beat you any which way now. We can beat you any which way. Terry McLaurin had three receptions for 22 yards, getting clapped, and we still came out and, and got the victory. Still came out and got the victory. I told you this was a, a, a victory Sunday, and I'm not going to be too cheerful. I mean, not too down. I'm going to be cheerful. Good, positive vibes throughout. But that was another thing that I didn't necessarily like about, about um, the game. And one of the few things, because I love this game. I love how we're playing right now. But... When the offense bogs down like it did in the second half, like it did when the Raiders finally took the lead after, you know, you were winning throughout the entire game, you have to find a way to get your best offensive player the football. Terry McLaurin was getting clamped up. And it wasn't always bracket coverage. The face was doing a great job on Terry McLaurin. He was getting a lot of hands on him at the line of scrimmage and things like that. And, and it was interrupting a lot of Terry's routes. Um, I know that Terry said he was working with releases over this offseason with Doug Baldwin, and we see him over the course of this season. But he had a he had a rough outing today. But this is my thing. You still have to find a way to get him the ball, whether that be a, a screen pass, where he's shown a, a, a tremendous ability to, to run after the catch, whether it be a, a reverse where he uses that four three five speed, whether it be a hitch route, something. You still have to find a way to give your best offensive player the ball. When, when the offense bogs down as it did before our uh, fourth quarter game winning draft. Like, it, you you still, you got to find a way. You got to find a way. You have to find a way. And you can still, just keeping it with the receivers, you can tell that Curtis Samuel isn't all, all, all the way there yet. Um, He had two carries for minus one yard, and I think he had one reception for very little yards, if any at all. But you can tell he's still working his way back. Um, He's still a threat on the field. Um, you can see a little bit of juice when he does have the ball in his hands, um, but you, you can see, see how Scott is kind of forcing him into the offense and things like that, which is needed, which is needed because once he hits his stride, hopefully within these next five weeks or going into the playoffs, he can be an impact player because I just talked about Jerry McLaurin with his 435 speed. If Curtis Samuel is anywhere near 100%, he's even faster. He's even faster, and he can he can give you that deep threat, that uh, that over the top threat, and he can take some of the attention away from Terry. So hopefully, Curtis Samuel can can get those legs up under him, get that groin up under him. Uh, but I'm liking the potential um, that I'm seeing, and I'm liking that you know he's on the field. I'm liking that he's on the field. That's all that you can ask for at this point. Our offensive line struggled today, which was which was which was crazy. This has been our best unit on the team this far most underrated, at, at the very least, are most underrated, most unheralded, but they struggle. Oakland, uh, the Raiders, excuse me, were getting constant pressure. Um, I just mentioned Yannick Gakway, him and Max Crosby were beating our tackles a little bit. Um, we were giving up a, a little bit of interior pressure. Um, I don't know if that was uh, all due to Keith Ishmael being inserted in his first to start in the NFL, but honestly, and like I said, I don't want to rain on the parade too much, but I, I I I'm I'm not I'm not gonna shed any tears and and I can't wait for the day that Brandon Scherf is off this team to, to not to not to not, not 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 to hold you to be 100 percent honest with you I can't wait for the day that Brandon Scherf is off this team and it's not that he's a bad a bad player by any means but he's not giving you what he should be giving you at 18 million dollars for a guard for a guard shout out to Jay Gruden like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous he has another crucial penalty today. He's missing guys in the open field on screen plays and things like that. He's not an $18 million guard. If you're paying a guard $18 million, he better be the best damn guard in the league. And Brandon Sherriff isn't that. He isn't even the best guard on his football team. That title goes to Eric Flowers right now. Because Eric Flowers is a damn dog. Moving guys in the pass and the run game. Go watch the film if you think I'm lying. Go watch the film if you think I'm lying. He came in there hobbled today the and was still moving guys in the run game. So that's it for the offense. But that defense, that defense, that defense balled out today. I don't know if it was their best performance of the season, but it's in the top three. I'll tell you that. Kendall Fuller might have had his best game of the season with eight tackles. Eight tackles. that he's back to sniffing out all the short routes. He's back to being that man that, hey, you might as well not even run a screen pass around Kendall Fuller. All those short hitches and things like that—you better be careful. Philip might jump it. He I, 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 and I think a lot of it has to do with the communication and him him not not feeling the need to make up for landing college playing deep in the secondary and things like that. I think that's where a lot of his issues were coming early in this year. Was he was thinking a lot and trying to make up for a lot with his limited athletic profile? Because if you look at a guy like Kendall Fuller, he's a tremendous football player, but if you look at his athletic profile, he probably has a below. Average athletic profile for an NFL quarterback, but he makes up for it with his technique. He has impeccable footwork, and he has impeccable eyes. Those are the three reasons why he's able to sniff out these screen passes, why he's able to sniff out these short hitches and things like that. And, hey, eight tackles, hey, he, he, he bought his lunch pail to work today. Another guy that bought out, Cole Holcomb, balled out balled out. I think he had 10 total tackles, and he had a great all-around game. One play that sticks out to my mind was the play on the ball that he made on Foster Monroe, tracking him all the way across the field. All the way across the route where Derek Carr put the throw on the money and, and Cole Hogan played the hands, raked the ball out for an incompletion. That's all pro play right there. That's the play we're looking for consistently from Cole Hogan because he makes those flashes week in and week out. Now, if he can just get it on a whole game basis, Cole Holcomb can be a player. Because right now, he's severely outshining your first-round pick in Jamin Davis. Speaking of Jamin Davis, when Jamin Davis hits, oh, it's beautiful. Because he's a physical specimen, he comes with the force. This guy is 6'3", 230 pounds, coming to you with 4'4 speed. It looks beautiful. But that's when he makes the hit. That's when he makes the hit. Too many times, Damon Davis has bad eyes. Too many times, he's a a liability in coverage. Too many times, he's taking false steps in a run game because he can't tell which hole the running back is tracking. He can't track the running back in the backfield. But he does make flash plays. I just, oh, we could have done so much more with the 19th pick. And I'm not going to write him off yet, but it's, 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 it just is what it is. It is what it is at this point. Hopefully, hopefully he can improve. Um, because like I said, he does flash. He does flash. But if we can get though if we get a little bit more flash or a little more substance in this game, then maybe he can show that he was worth that 19th pick. Just keeping it in line with the defense. Matt Ionitis was in 2019 former day. Oh my God. Matt Ionitis, what is going into you? And I said that he was in 2019 for him, because if you guys remember, he was easily our best defensive lineman in 2019. Leading, leading the team and leading all defensive linemen in sacks that year. Then he suffered a pack injury in week two last year against the Arizona Cardinals. And I haven't really necessarily seen him be the same player since until today. Until today. Now I don't know if a lot of it has to go has to do with him going up against Alex Leatherwood for the for the Raiders, who's straight trash, who's straight garbage. But Matt Ionitis was the best defensive lineman on the field today. Constant interior pressure. He even had a sack on Derek Carr. I was kind of upset he didn't do his backpack. He didn't do his backpack dance. Why you ain't give me the backpack, Matt? I haven't seen that since 2019. Why you ain't give me the backpack, Matt? Come on, Matty Ice. Matty I. Maddie I. But that was one of my favorite things to see throughout the game. Because if we can get Matt Ionitis back to the Pro Bowl talent that he was in 2019. To compare with the all-pro play of Jonathan Allen this season. And the Pro Bowl play of Deron Payne this season. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Now we're talking about the defensive line. That we were, that we were, we were, we were, we were, hoping and dreaming we were going to be, or we were guaranteed to be going into the season. Jay Smith Williams has a sack today. He now has more sacks than Chase Young in the season. But I'm gonna just sip my tea. I'm gonna just sip my tea, a la Kermit style. I'm gonna just say that one more time. Jay Smith Williams now has more sacks than Chase Young in the season. Sips tea. If you're listening to me on the podcast, that was just me sipping my tea, a la Kermit the Frog, because this defense has played a lot more discipline since Montez and Chase haven't been in, and I don't think that it's a coincidence. We've had a lot more pressure since these guys have been missing, and I don't think that it's a coincidence. And I don't think it's because that the guys we're replacing them with are necessarily more talented, but they can be easily coached. They're more disciplined. They're more mature. They're more about the team. And you see it. And you see it. And you see it. I made a tweet today. I said we can talk about all the player changes, all the schematic changes, and things like that. What it boils down to about this defense is that they care more. Is that they care more. You see guys pursuing after the ball. You see guys... You see guys making plays downfield. You see linemen making plays downfield. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's a beautiful thing to watch. William Jackson III had another quiet game, which is a good thing for a corner. After holding DK Metcalf in solitary confinement all last week. Oh, my God. William Jackson III has become the player that we brought him in to be, the number one corner that we bought him in to be over the course of these last four games. I didn't touch on it as much in the group chat pod, but he had DK Metcalf in solitary confinement. That boy was locked up. They wouldn't let him out. And to end it off, these safeties. Cam Curl is Cam Curl. He's going ball. We know that. We know that. I told y'all two weeks ago that Cam Curl was one of the best safeties in the league after his play on Christian McCaffrey. Logan Thomas told you last week, because we're always first. We're always first on it at Bleeding B&G. Might as well call me Thomas. But, you know, Logan Thomas told you last week in his press conference after the Seattle game that Cam Curl was a top-five safety. So at this point, it's death taxes and Cam Curl making plays. So I don't even want to touch on Cam Curl too much because we know he's a dog. But DeShazer Everett, when he gets a chance to play, he just kills people, bro. He just kills people, bro. Easily the hardest hitter on the team. And it's crazy because this guy was a cornerback in college at Texas A&M. What cornerbacks are hitting like that? He just put the, he put King Drake. I know King Drake hates seeing DeShazer Everett. I think he says they ever got a couple few good licks on, good licks on him when they played the Cardinals last year, last season. He put Kenny Drake out for the game again. He has Kanye Drake on Twitter crying now, oh, these are illegal times. No, you just got popped, my boy. You just got smacked, my boy. That's all that was. I think that Bobby McCain played his best game as a Washington football team member. That was a tremendous play on the ball the second-to-last play play of the game where Derrick Hall went deep. No, it wasn't a pass interference. Both guys were making a play on the ball. I don't want to hear about it. No discussion. And Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, our kicker. This is your swan song, my boy. That man has ice in his veins. That man has ice in his veins. Brought in on a short week, midweek off the practice squad to nail a 49-yard game-winning kick in one of the most important games for your team in this season. Ice in your veins, man. Sign that man to a lifetime contract. Because guess what? Dustin Hopkins winner did it. Dustin Hopkins winner did it. A lot of y'all were crying, oh, Dustin, 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 when Chris Blue was having his struggles. Let me hear you crying for Dustin now. Shout out to Brian Johnson. That man had ice in his veins. So that's it for another episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, always remember to subscribe, to like, to comment. Please leave a comment. Please interact with us. Chat it up with us because we always make sure to reply to get back to you because we love the interaction with all of our supporters, all of our fans, and things like that. Please check us out on our social media. Our Instagram is at Bleeding bng. and g That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. Our Twitter is at Bleeding BNG. The handle is spelled a tad bit differently. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. Remember, we're on all podcast platforms at this point. But if you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Please leave a rating and please review. It takes a couple of seconds, but it's good for our business. It finesses the algorithms, and it makes sure that when you're looking for anything Washington football team related, Washington football team content related, that Bleeding b and is at the top when you do things like rate review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you love this content and you love Bleeding BNG, and check out those social medias, rate reviews, um, rate and review on our podcast platforms. And please make sure to subscribe, like, and comment our videos on YouTube. I appreciate all you guys' support. It's good vibes all around. Connect four, four in a row. It's Dallas week. We want Dallas. We want Dallas. I'll check in with you guys next week. Peace.